Whatever, we're recording now. Hello, beautiful people on the internet. Oh, welcome to another episode of We're Totally Not Okay. But that's okay. Oh, I can hear my dad stomping upstairs. I'm sorry. We're going to have to redo that because he's really loud. Oh, that's our intro right now. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Makes my heart happy. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Hello, beautiful people on the internet. We're so glad to be in your ear holes. You're listening to We're Totally Not Okay. But that's okay. The podcast about the intersection of mental health and mass media culture. Oh my God, did I do it? Oh my God, I think you're like pretty close. Okay, what is it actually? A podcast that focuses on the intersection between mass media culture and mental health. I'm Kelly LeGrand. Oh, I totally forgot about that part. I'm Justin Van out, and I shouldn't admit that on this podcast because I can't get the introduction right. How many episodes are we in? This is like episode nine or something. Uh, I don't know. I don't, get, it's fine. I don't count numbers. You know what? Tanya never tried to do it, so why am I trying? <laughs> yeah, and that's what we do. We compare ourselves. To Listen, it's healthy. It's healthy. I agree. It's not. We, no, Don't compare definitely, yourself. You should always compare yourself to anything <laughs> and everything possible. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> this week we are going to be talking to Kaylee's soul therapist, question mark, big, big question mark, maybe three question marks in a row. Hey, guys, write in the comments below. Is it crazy to interview your therapist? <laughs> Who can never be sure? Um, Kaylee basically met this woman through Instagram and they... Whatever they connected on a deeper level, and this you'll hear all about that in a hot I second. I did not but meet her on Instagram, so here's how it we was met. a Facebook business group. We get it; it's fine. Social media is all the same. She posted; uh, she was basically looking to expand her business, and in a female entrepreneurial Facebook group, she uh, was looking for guinea pigs for this four to six week program of finding. I think she used the word soul and uh, probably the word magic. And maybe she called me a witch then too, but she called me a witch in therapy. I think she calls me a witch again in the interview. Uh, I just loved that. That was kind of what drew me in. I was curious to hear what her process was like. So I reached out and asked her, I wanted her to be on our podcast. And I'm like, that sounds interesting. I'm so curious to hear about, especially when it came to the word soul. I am so curious to know what people consider as a soul. She let me be one of basically the guinea pigs. I got to experience six weeks of this soul coaching with Naranjan and it came at such a perfect time. I was not expecting the pandemic. So it was really cool to not only, um, you know, get to talk more, fucking love talking, this person who would just listen to me every week, but it was cool to have a routine that felt like a bit of a saving grace to connect with another human being and talk about deep things every week during so, these isolated times. So Kaylee, the world is on <laughs> fire right now. How totally not okay are you on a scale of one to screaming monkey and a banana? 
Oh, that's a very apt way of describing life right now. Oh, so you're screaming monkey in a banana? I really like bananas. And speaking of monkeys, <laughs> very sincere. I was just talking with Tiana today about the monkey mind. And it's a term that I learned in my yoga teacher training. Oh my God. The thing but... with the ladders and the, the monkeys beat each other. What? Yes. Yes. Please explain that. That's what, that's what people want to hear. Um, no, there's this scientific experiment where they put like five monkeys in a cage and there's a ladder and at the top there's bananas. I, this is the most nerdy thing that I've ever. No, no, go on. This is exactly, this is what Buddha said. Yep. There's a ladder, there are bananas at the top. And then every time the monkeys try to climb up the ladder, they get sprayed with like ice cold water. And so they get really mad and they like learn the conditioning to not climb the ladder. And then what happens is the scientists, they take one monkey out and put in a monkey that hasn't been doused in cold water. And then when that monkey tries to climb the ladder, all the other monkeys beat the shit out of them because they don't want to get sprayed with cold water. And so you do that long enough until there are no more monkeys that have ever experienced going up the ladder and getting sprayed with cold water but the hive mentality forces them all to just keep beating the shit out of each other when they try to climb the ladder i love so hard that you just told that story that is one of the introductory stories that lewis bowmander who we've interviewed well tanya and i interviewed on this podcast he's one of our (laughs) like i said you got a lot of you got big shoes to fill. You we told compare. me not to compare myself, and here we are. Anyways, continue. I literally you, you had an interview with compare. him. It's fine. <laughs> you can compare yourself to me. That way you'll feel better about yourself. Um, <laughs> I, that is an introductory story that Louis Bowmander, our, um, our acting coach here in the city, tells, I think, on the first day of his new classes. I know it very well because I was his TA for quite some time. So I got to hear it over and over again. And I've also been studying with him for years. And it's one of my favorite stories. And it clicked in just as he started telling it. The conditioning aspect is what he gets at to talk about essentially that hive mentality and how to now start pulling it apart and unconditioning ourselves as actors. But it's also... I think very apt for the times that we are in. And I think that it relates very well to what, <laughs> what I was referring to, um, which no Buddha did not say this. Maybe did. I don't know. Uh, I was clearly a great student in yoga teacher training, but that's fine. The monkey brain is essentially that voice inside your head that if you're not actually paying conscious awareness to that, you just, trust all of the drunk thoughts that your dumb brain is having and take it as reality. And, you know, you're one of my closest friends. You get to hear me. We, we have spent much COVID times on FaceTime together. You've heard the Like, I just let my monkey brain go with you. Good. I love the monkey brain. Were you, like, before we jump into it real quick, were you nervous? Like, what were you, what were the vibes going into this? Um, no, not at all. I was very... I was just curious. I was so excited to not only get the chance to potentially have her on the podcast, and now we have, but I like being psychoanalyzed. And she doesn't, to be fair, she does not come from a basis of psychoanalysis. Uh, I'm very fascinated with Freudian approaches and particularly Carl Jung um, and archetypes and the collective unconscious. And so I, I love going to different kinds of counselors and therapists and hearing how their minds work about like how to work out problems I will throw all my shit at them and go cool go ahead and direct me put a leash on me where do you want to take my monkey mind 
I'm very fascinated with that shit. I, I also, by the end of it, I don't think I was really realizing how much I was really going to get out of it to have that reflection. And like I said, at such a timely, the pandemic, I was not expecting a pandemic either. You actually get to hear my whole therapeutic process in there. Listen, everybody's got a different therapeutic process, and this was just connecting on a deeper soul level. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. Well, and to bring it back to the idea of the monkey mind, it was funny how, um, I guess to also set up what you will hear, how open I can sometimes be and not really think about things that I say before I say them. Sometimes I do things thinking like, oh, this is normal and I'll just talk about shit and, and how not present I might be or I guess thinking of consequences I guess I'm also a bit of a button pusher where I ugh, not that I like drama because when there is a sense of drama I kind of run away from shit uh, oh come on you I, love I, other people's drama please I really don't you just other don't people's like your, drama are you kidding me I don't like other people's I don't like tabloids I don't like Ugh. I live for what's going on in the royal family right people. now See, I don't. <laughs> I am so not for that. I, I could not even tell. Like, I honestly also limit my news consumption because I think that so much is spun towards the negative and it's just fear mongering. I, I think that other people's gossip and drama is similar in fashion. So we're about to meet Narayan Can you tell us what soul coaching actually is? What does that look like? In a hot five seconds, because I am the non-believer that you now need to convert. Okay, this is actually one of my favorite things that came out of this interview, was the fact that you and I, Justin and I, got to learn how opposite we were in regards to, I guess, our belief system. Everybody has a different definition of soul, of what a soul is, and that's what drew me in. I wanted to know. I'm curious about that. What I take it as is finding your way back to your intuition, being able to listen to your intuition. I believe in intuition over everything. That's what guides you. And sometimes that means it's not about making a pros and cons list and being so rational about things. There's something else that can Casual guide you through. dig. Wow. <laughs> not that I make pros and cons lists, guys. I just, I don't understand why someone would spend money on a soul coach. Would you ever spend money on any kind of therapy? Um, I have had money spent on me for therapy, if that makes sense. When we were little, my family did not get along great, so mom made us go to therapy. Um, but would I ever elect to do it as an adult? Probably not. See, that's where we're so opposite, where I'm just like, hell yeah, like whatever. I, mind you, I think this also makes me sound very privileged, but like... um. <laughs> I've done so many different types of therapy. I've done cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh I've God. done body talk therapy. What, what is body that? talk therapy? <laughs> oh my what God, you're pray gonna, tell? You're going to hate this. Um, it's where the <laughs> therapist listens to your body. Let's, listens to the talk of your body. So that How do might you also... listen to a body? Buddy, I didn't study it. I just really enjoyed her. Well, what do you do? Do you just like lay on a table while they like put their ear up to various they're like mm, your elbow seems to be quite unhappy with you right now you should probably i don't know i'd pay you money to tell me that but <laughs> <laughs> essentially um 
it gets even more esoteric. It's a lot more about like going into the cosmos, telling you what star you were born from, like your where oh where God. your stardust actually. In that, I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, but essentially, I learned that I was the bard of the Vikings. That in multiple lifetimes, okay. I okay. was always a traveling storyteller. Okay, <laughs> I just multiple love lifetimes, it. which you're also going to hear about from Naranjan. Be your own judge. Um, I'm loving my little Simon Cowell moment right now, so expect this so to hard. continue. <laughs> yeah, good. All right, let's hop into the interview. My name is Naranjan. I am a spiritual intuitive. I guide, lead, and empower people on their soul's journey that aligns with their soul purpose and soul power. It's it's like anything in life, right? We have our own lessons and our own journey that triggers that process. And for me, that was precisely it. It was my own lessons and my own experiences through life that really reconnected me and reaffirmed with me my greater connection to my own soul and spirit. So life happens, get a corporate job, um, and all the other stuff that comes along with it. And it doesn't sit right, it doesn't feel right. So you tap into that inner part of you. And that's your soul compass, if you will. And that's what takes you back there. So when you get off the path, you know something's not right. So you come back and align back into your soul purpose. And that keeps you in check. It keeps you centered. It keeps you on purpose. So I did that for probably longer than I should have, but everything happens at the right reason at the right time. Firm believer on that. And finally got the the huge lessons of it's time to step into this space and do what you're supposed to do. Was there some major catalyst that brought you to that realization? I think it, it was more the little nuggets because there's always a little rock or a little stone and then the, the stone gets a little heavier and it gets a little wider and a two by four hits you across the head and it, it you have to get the messages that way right um, yeah. so i don't know if there was one big catalyst i think relationships will do it right the relationship with a partner that i had and that that ruffled a few more feathers in my world and that really changed my perspective and my look on life. Um, so that brought me back into that space of who am I? What am I doing here? In terms of the work you do, what does that actually look like and how do you go about doing it? So I, I connect with individuals who can identify that their life isn't where they want it to be. So maybe they're recognizing they are gravitating towards various relationships on a consistent basis, and they see that pattern. Or they're stuck in a job that they don't like. Um, they want to improve themselves. They recognize there's some shortfalls there, or there's something that's holding them back. And I connect with them. And then we work through those challenges as to what they can physically and visually and mentally connect with. And then I take it on a much deeper level. So we'll have a mental dialogue and a mental conversation, and I'll bring it to a physical piece because it'll always show up in your physical body, be it an ache in your heart 
or a pain in your left hip or a pain in the neck, it'll always show up in the physical body. And then I go in and I connect on a spirit level. So I'll connect with you on a soul aspect and have that dialogue. And then during that conversation and dialogue and the various programs that I have, we build a deeper connection. And then as you clear some of your elements, I empower you to connect with your soul. So you can have that dialogue. Because for me, it's, I'm just the catalyst, so to speak, yeah. to facilitate that. My objective is to empower you so you can have that dialogue. And so then my understanding is that, Kaylee, you've already been doing some work. Um, how has that experience been on the receiving end? I guess we're in a unique position where kind of the two of you are both on ends of that spectrum finally coming together. So tell us a little bit about that experience and how, like without getting into the specifics of how crazy we all are, because we love that. Just like, how, how has that experience been? Was it difficult at first? Did you find it easy? Oh, wow. I, I didn't realize I was going to be getting interviewed. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess I, I should have, uh, let's warrant it. I am interviewing my therapist. So we'll talk about how weird that is on a scale of one to weird. But I had an incredible um, experience so far with Naranjan. First time that I hopped on the phone with her just to get to know one another. Um, I. I recognized after I was on, off the phone, some of my patterns immediately, uh, or at least I, I recognized how not present I was when I was just spewing. I remember telling myself I was going to sit down on my meditation cushion because I had a lot going on and my mind was just pulled in so many different directions. I was very stressed out the day that I hopped on the phone with her to meet her for the first time, not, not even to meet her. I wasn't stressed about that. I was actually really excited to connect with her. At the end of the conversation, Naranjan told me, she, she commended me on being brave, for being open, like courageous for being open with the things that I shared. And that sort of kicked me back into reality. And I, I realized, I'm like, what, what did I just tell her? <laughs> and there was a lot that came out in that first phone call. I think maybe she also wasn't necessarily expecting to hear that much where I was just like, yeah, okay, here's my laundry list. And it was interesting to realize that I was kind of like, oh, I, th I don't think I've really talked about a lot of these things. So I'm just going to throw them all out there. Because if somebody's signing up to a program or to fully make a change, then really to a certain degree, they've got nothing to lose. They're all mm -hmm. in. Because they know I'm not going to judge them because we have that. It's like going to the hairdresser. Going to a hairdresser, you, you kind of just open up and you give them anything and everything. It's similar, I want to say somewhat similar to that because people are more open. They don't know me really. I'm just a stranger to them on the other end of the line. And it makes it easier for them to just share, offload, if you will. Mm -hmm. I will agree with that analogy that it is kind of like going to a hairdresser because I've experienced some not so great hairdressers. And then I've also experienced some wonderful hairdressers that those are the ones that I build these long-term relationships with until I move or they move or they stop their practice or whatever. Can you talk about what your work is rooted in? And um, I guess sort of some of that, research that you've done along the path to shape what your work looks like? 
It's really based on human behavior. What is human behavior and what is it as humans we ultimately want to experience? My work and my experience and my research has basically been my life and those around me. My family, my friends, that has been my research. I didn't go to any Ivy League school. I didn't do any crazy four or five year psychology thing. No, we don't need that. We're humans, we're empaths, we understand, we connect with spirit. That's all we need from my perspective. I delved into the space of really connecting with people from a heart space. And when you tap into the spiritual aspect of it and the spiritual awareness, then you end up tapping into people's soul level. And that's where the deeper conversations really begin. Yes, from a mental space, we can shape conversations by using, you know, um, Freud and all those archetypes that are there, but that's just for the mental mind, for us to feel like we're doing something because we're figuring out this puzzle in our head. But ultimately, it's the dialogue that you feel in your heart space that we can't put a word or a caption around it. It's what we feel. And I don't think there is any other greater school than connecting with your own spirit. So that's what I learned to do through my years of life lessons and experiences is to harness my own spirit, my own soul. And that became easier for me to connect with others and hear those messages from that perspective. So how do you bring that out in the people that you're talking with? Because hearing you speak about this, it sounds super inspirational, but me being very, very different from Kaylee, I'm much less spiritual. I'm much more logistics and like, let's just get it done and move on. Um, how do you actually get people to open up and connect on that level? If, if a listener was trying to do this, what would they have to do? So first things they would need to be aware and they would need to be open to a dialogue and a conversation that's on a deeper level. On a deeper level, I say, it doesn't have to be, yes, you have to be a crystal-oming, meditating person. Even just from a perspective of understanding what energy is. So we know the law of physics, everything is energy and everything vibrates on a different level. So the emotions and as, as, as energy beings, we also vibrate on a different level too. So where does that lie? So the emotions that you're feeling, what's the frequency of that? Is it a sadness? Is it a depression? Is it anxiety? Or is it joy, love, laughter, which are higher frequencies? And then I start working with people from an energy perspective. Yes, you may not be able to see it, but you can feel it. But ultimately, when you feel something, you can't deny it. Some of the tools would be just to be aware aware of the thoughts that are coming in, aware of how you're feeling and taking it on a next level of where is that thought actually coming from? Follow the string, follow the little nudges and the signs that will show up on a daily basis. Where did I last feel a particular emotion? We often come into this lifetime with a bag of rocks. Kelly's heard this before. Your life experiences, we collect rocks and stones. And each one of them are carved through an emotion. And as we collect those, we throw them in our backpack and we get older and we feel the emotions of what they are because they weigh heavy on our backs. 
then you start feeling it physically. And then if you're not spiritual, at least you can be cognizant of when was the last time you felt that emotion? Was it from a last relationship? And then you keep tracing it back to this lifetime. And maybe that's all you can deal with right now. And then we'll check in with another six months time or a year's time, Justin, and we'll have another conversation and talk about other lifetimes. And then we can heal on a different level. How do you actually go through, other than just following that thread and kind of being aware and cognizant and open to understanding that, how do you actually take those, those heavier rocks and let go of them and replace them with the ones that are actually uplifting? It's really through understanding. It's having an understanding and coming from a real place of compassion and love for the experience, for that bad breakup of a relationship that you may have had. So rather than coming at it from a victim space, he hurt me, bugger, it's, it's more on the lines of having compassion for why he showed up in your life in that format, why you had that relationship and looking at it from his perspective. What does that look like? So once you're in a true place of compassion, way more easier said than done, then you can slowly start letting go of some of these rocks because we're all here on this planet for a deeper purpose. To give back to this planet what we have taken from her. So we come with all the baggage of all the lifetimes that we have. So now we have such a, pivotal time an opportunity for us to give that back to her and that shows up through the lessons and experiences was this something that has always been an interest like even from way 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 back as long as you can remember or is it something that you recently got got back in touch with way 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 back (laughs) from when i can remember absolutely it's always been there but we go through life you know you get up, you grow up, you go to college, you go to university, you get married and you have all these other expectations and social norms that are kind of put on you, but yet it's not feeling that void. So it, like I said, I had my fair share of lessons too, to be able to figure out this is what I want to do. But that compass of who I am kept bringing me back to connect with spirit, connect with spirit. So yes, I'm very passionate about it more so because I've really stepped into it. I've been doing it on a part-time level for probably about 20 years, but in a more full-time level, I don't know, maybe about a year, roughly. Have some of the more, I guess, what's the most common issue, if I can use that word, that you've been seeing? Is it about relationships with them, with our, ourselves, with the clients that you're helping? Is it about relationships with others that what, what's the most challenging thing that seems to be a common thread for everybody in these isolating times ultimately it's about the relationship with themselves but also recognizing how they get triggered so people will get triggered by other people he said that she said this he did that she did that so looking at it that it's their fault having people look at life from that perspective of the world around us, of how this is happening, not to us, but for us. COVID is a huge gift that's happening for us to be able to awaken and tap into a deeper relationship with ourselves. 
So it, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Some of them are challenged with looking at what I call out picture the entire scenario because they don't think it's them. Again, they can't be wrong. Are you kidding me? No. Have you seen much of a difference before times of isolation versus now that everybody is shut inside and that's a different pattern of behavior for us all? Um, I've seen a lot more doubt, a lot more questions that people have with themselves of what is it and why am I here? Why am I being triggered? And really questioning, why is this happening? Not on a global scale, but why are they feeling the way they are? They may be feeling more anxious and more um, depressed, but they've never really had those emotions. It's just they don't know how to navigate the global energy that's impacting them. I was going to ask, and they don't make that, that immediate rationalization that it's just what's happening in the world like with with a big reason staring us in in our faces you'd think maybe on a rational level that people would maybe be able to put the blame on that or or have be able to step away from that emotion or work through that emotion because they have a reason for that justification but you're saying they don't know why they, they know the external why, but they don't know the internal why. Why is it they're going through that experience? Ah, so sort of like, I know that there's a reason, so I shouldn't feel this way, and yet I still feel this way. Bit of a cognitive dissonance, which I've definitely been experiencing through this and speaking to a lot of friends. What would you say is the most common piece of advice that you've been offering most of the clients in this time? Be kind to yourselves. <laughs> Be gentle with yourselves. You know, yes, there is an element of scarcity and there's a huge element of, I don't know if I'm going to have a job or I don't have a job or when's I going to be my next job? What does all that piece look like? So people are working longer. People are working harder, more intensely. The, the burnout is always there. Be kinder to yourself. Have more self-compassion and recognize that you're in the right place at the right time. No coulda, shoulda, wouldas. Learn from the experience. Look at the emotions. And just settle with yourself. Shut off that mental record that keeps going off in our minds and keeps us running all the time. Because obviously the podcast, Kaylee and I talk a lot about mass media culture and how that impacts mental health. How much of that do you believe actually affects us on this spiritual level? Like, I think we've been touching really, really dancing along the line of external versus internal forces. And I think especially now in COVID, we have this weird, unprecedented amount of external pressure just from the digital age. So what are the things that people can do to kind of deal with that and, and acknowledge it and let it wash over them? Be very cognizant of what you're allowing into your field, what you're allowing into your energy field, not only from a mental space, but from a physical level. Give consent and give permission. So whether you're scrolling on Instagram or on Facebook or any of the social media outlets, be cognizant as to what is it you're reading and what's the energy around it. Are you watching the CNN news? What's the energy around that versus watching Feel Good Channel? Tap into your own energetic space. Observe how it feels. 
when you're on social media, but it's also a matter of perspective. You can look at social media as a glass half full or a glass half empty. It's your choice. It can be negative media or it can be positive. So I empower you to have a look at that and use it to empower you rather than disable you. How do you know that you actually healed from something? Because there are things where I'm like, oh, that's been long enough that I should be over this. But like, I maybe am not. And, and maybe I am. And I feel like there, I, I, I sometimes can come into these moments where I've thought I've helped with some, or healed with something. And then a conversation comes up and I go, oh, wait a minute. Like, I thought I was done with this, but hold on a second. So how do you actually, how do you actually know when that process is complete? Your emotions will always tell you. Do you get triggered? So just like you said, I thought I was already done with that because it triggered an emotion. It triggered a reaction. And when you get triggered with a reaction, you're not done. There's something still left there. And that's when you got to like dig it, roll up your sleeves a little deeper and dive in and, and heal from that from a deeper level. But um, when you can recognize it triggers an emotion, it's not done. And take the emotion out of it and look at it and look at that little play that's happening on stage with the he said, she said scenario of that emotion that was triggered. That is my biggest tool that I use is when I get triggered to be able to stop, recognize there's an emotion that's in play. I've just been triggered. I'm angry or I'm frustrated or something. And I'll go, okay, hold on. This isn't my normal state. I'll stop and I'll create separation. This emotion is not mine. And then once you have a couple of seconds and you create separation, you look at things from a different, because your heart's not beating, you're racing, your adrenaline's not going, you're not all fired up in the triggers of the emotion. And you can look at it, you can look at it in a calm and objective space. I believe we're all just looking to be present, craving connection on a much deeper level. Because not only yes and no, we can get that from other people, but when you have it been said to you from your own soul, it resonates on a much deeper and much more powerful way. That deeper connection with you. I'm just the catalyst to be able to facilitate that. The experiences in the outer world are just signposts to lead us back to the rocks in our backpack. And each one of those have a frequency that hits us on a vibrational level or hits us on an emotional level, which then connects to us on spirit form. Would you say that you believe that you can say with certainty, the more that we work through those stones, turn them over and, and start to um, be on the lighter side of them, deal with the shadow side and then find compassion and be on the lighter side of them, that that is what will have our external world reflect back a more positive, um, more positive experiences? 
Absolutely, absolutely for sure. Um, the more we offload ourselves, the more lighter we are. My one cool thing for this episode, just along the, the same lines as what you're talking about in regards to social media and how you're interacting with it. And mine comes from this place of letting go because two of my closest friends just got rid of their social media platforms, trying more and more to make sure that I'm leaving my phone on the other side of the room or getting out of it and not spending too much time um, on social media. It's required as an entertainment professional in uh, in my mind where I'm at and with the conversations I've had with you know agents and other um, of my gurus in that field. So for now, I'm still keeping it. But it's definitely a sticky point for me still. I guess my, my cool thing in a nutshell is uh, disconnecting, which is kind of ironic in these already isolating times. My God, I'm still killing myself. The last episode we just released, my cool thing was a dump card and I'm still kicking myself over because it's not cool at all, but I was just so frustrated at the time. It was anyway. funny. I had a story and story always wins. I'm going to send my own made postcards. They're really bad. Like you're, you're making eyeballs. Like it's going to be amazing and I'm a great artist. I am not. Um, and that is something that I'm going to share with all these people. So they're going to see my crappy attempts at art on their postcard. You have like three or four addresses for me. So I better get lots of postcards and love your art. Okay, have okay. a good rest of your day. You too. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. Isn't she absolutely lovely? Like, this has been such a pleasant conversation, and I know we already said it to her specifically, but if you're listening now, thank you so much for joining us, Naranjan. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I especially like the fact that um, you and I actually got to learn a little bit more about our belief systems and how we... And how I don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to that conversation, and I just hear buzzwords like deeper level and connecting and I just hear those buzzwords over and over and over and over and over again and I walk away feeling like I don't actually understand how I'm supposed to get to a deeper level or how I'm supposed to connect and you can tell me all day we sit there and talk about our souls but like that does not make sense to me I love that you're saying this because for I know that Naranjan has also spent you know 20 minutes with me just trying to deconstruct the word authenticity where I'm like, hold on right there. She, she used the word authentic with me at one point where I'm like, mm, as an actor, I hear it so much from casting directors of like, mm, we want some authenticity. And it just, it's a buzzword that I have a similar reaction to the word journey. You know, we're all going on this journey for, for me, it's when you do hear it that many times. Yeah. It sounds like a cliche. It's really challenging for me to wrap my head around, I guess, to step away from that critic in me as a writer or, or, you know, taking a look at how advertisements sometimes try to use those buzzwords and sell that back to us. Like it's just, we smell the farts in that. I get what you're saying. With that said, though, I agree with you with the buzzwords. Um, I guess kind of jumping back to the fact that we have such different belief systems. That's what stuck with me over the past couple of days, how thoughts turn into beliefs, how essentially beliefs are just thoughts that you keep thinking. And 
obviously my mind is still wrapping around like what a soul is, what consciousness is, why we're here and purpose. She uses the word purpose so many times, even just speaking with her beforehand, I had heard the word purpose so many times. And I, I guess because I also kind of as an actor go, well, what's reality? Like if I can build my own reality and sincerely so what believe is Kaylee's reality? In, what is it? What do you believe in? Buddy, that, that is a whole nother episode. Is this the part where we just bleep in, it all out? Bleep. Yeah. I believe in bleep. <laughs> I have a really hard time. So like in reflection on this, um, so obviously you people may not know me that well. And by you people, I mean the listeners, but Kaylee knows this pretty well. I don't partake in a lot of mental healthy things which is hilarious that i'm the host of this podcast it anyways um i digress but um when she talks about like all this like soul level and past lives i have a really hard time connecting with it not that i haven't like felt moments of soulness but i just i don't know there's something that i have a really hard time wrapping my brain around when she talks about going to all those deeper levels, I really struggle with understanding how someone gets there. Like, I'm, I'm too practical for this. Where, where you're able to, like, spin off, like, I believe in holding hands. I'm like, I believe that I need to eat maybe three times a day, probably five. Like, that's more where I'm at. Um, I love how that's not an essential on my list. Food? Like, I could live <laughs> off love. <laughs> Like a fucking Disney princess. I know, but that's why it's so it's so perfect because we're opposite ends of the spectrum. So where you are able to really dive into that side, I feel like I have to question it. Um, and I feel like I have to really try to dig a lot harder to understand those concepts and actually be able to empathize with them. Because when you talk about going to a deeper place, I'm like, it doesn't get much deeper than my pasta. Um <laughs> I love you for that, though. I, Yay. There we go again. Like, that's the thing. I love. I just fucking love. Oh, my God. And to be quite honest, um, I did not always fucking love. I and, and that's a lot of the stuff that I got to talk about with her, which I, I love. But I used to adore and still secretly sometimes do, especially when I get to play these characters. Um, I took pride in the fact that people called me dark and twisty oh sometimes. But She's like, a witch. you know. <laughs> I think that there is an energy that clearly exists outside of this corporeal form. I am not just this, there's something energizing me. I also believe the energy does not, cannot be destroyed. It can only be transferred or changed in some sort of way. I believe in science. So anything that you talk, can talk about that you can break down scientifically in terms of, you know, frequencies, the fact that everything has a certain resonating frequency, that's what I can dig into. And I don't know, maybe this coincides with the fact that I started doing a lot of quote unquote soul searching. Like the word soul is still kind of weird for me. Um, the word God is a bit strange for me. It, words that so many people have attached such weighty connotation to I rub up against it in a bit of a strange way which is why I don't like I call it energy I think that there's a progression that you can move like if you're depressed get angry first and I would never I don't like advocating getting angry but 
you can move, if you're depressed, you can move to a state of anger, pulling yourself out of a lethargy. And if you're angry, maybe you can move into a state of frustration. If you're frustrated, maybe you find your way into a, more of a neutral state, and then you can find your way up the ladder into higher, higher vibrations. And See, that's all that, I think that emotions are. That's something really interesting because that I can understand. And I feel like that's something that maybe in spending more time with Naranjan, she's able to articulate that with you. But I feel like that's something that I missed. And having you explain it like that makes everything that you, the listener, just heard make sense to me. See, she didn't explain that to me, but I think I translate what she's saying through that. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense to me. But I completely understand what you're saying about... Like, I get rubbed the wrong way sometimes. used to a lot more in my younger days. Um, Had, like, an existential crisis at the age of 16 over whether or not God existed because I was dating a Catholic boy and like okay. he wanted to raise our kids Catholic. So I remember sitting in a random being like, I don't know if I believe in God. And you climb this ladder of Im- the emotional frequencies that I believe exist in everything from our material state to our corporeal forms. There is something more than just our corporeal form. There is energy that fucking flows through us that animates us, that makes us alive. And energy does not get destroyed. It gets changed or altered. So I think you can get esoteric with that language. And I understand where she's coming from, but we all have different language. And I think I listened to her through that filter or any therapist that I have seen. I listened to them through those filters and put it, I guess, with a bit more of a scientific lens that makes sense to me. That That's the magic of this world for me. So that analogy of a ladder puts into context a lot of what she was saying for me. Like, just hearing you talk about that, it it makes more sense. Because I really struggle with kind of the assumption that everybody knows how to get to this deep level. You're really good at it. You're really good at getting very large universe. You dive right in, you kind of lose your identity and you just start talking from this place of energy and the world. And and it just comes naturally to you, whereas it doesn't come naturally to me. So the idea of being able to take a ladder and kind of like think of that as one step at a time. Yeah, on board with that. It's like a little key. That makes sense to me. And I wish that that had come out more in that conversation because I think I would have been open to a lot more of the things that she was suggesting. She had that whole analogy with the rocks. Um, which I immediately attach myself to. I love. Can I please just mention that, yeah, sure, I'm a crazy crystal lady. Now, I've always collected crystals. And by crystals, I mean rocks. Literally, whenever a friend or a family member would go away on a trip and ask me what I want them to bring back... As a gift, I tell them to pick up a rock on the ground and bring that back for me. I also broke my father's porcelain sink with cleaning off my rock collection when I was like three or four. Slight tangent. My aunt tried to give me a rock collection for Christmas once and I said no. So I'm really good at not carrying the rocks. <laughs> Again, Kaylee and I are different, but so, so same. Oh my God. That's why we're perfect for each other. Oh, true love. Yin and yang. Everybody has their own tools, right? I will find a rock that I resonate with and I'll sit and I'll meditate with it. I will. And, and Naranjan offered me a bunch of really cool tools or um, even changed some of the practices that I was already doing for myself, like a body scan. For those who don't know what a body scan is, it's how I start my meditation, how you can start a meditation by bringing your awareness 
through your entire body, moving from the top of your head down through your chakra system or just through, you know, the organs through just bringing awareness to your actual physical How body. How do you feel an organ? Oh my God, I love this. Do you want to go on that tangent? <laughs> I mean, no, but yes. How the fuck do you feel an organ? What does that even mean? Because like I can like, Mm, I can bring my awareness to my hand and realize that it's not moving. And yes, I've done yoga and I understand how that, but your organs, are you crazy woman? I don't want to use that language. And I am sorry that I just said that, but like, how do you feel your spleen? You can't tell me that you can feel your spleen. I have felt my spleen before. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> guys. I quit. <laughs> Uh, I won't explain it because it's not something you can explain. It's one of those things. Meditation is one of those things that you also can't explain. You have to experience for yourself. Um, if you want, start off by bringing your attention to a finger. And then what do you feel? Does it feel warm? Do you feel energy in it? Expand that to your hand. Cool. Once you can feel some sort of it, like you have energy in your hand. You can fucking feel it. And, and then if you, you do that it. long enough, you can feel your spleen. Yeah. Or, All right, guys, I'm going to get back to you on my spleen because now I'm just going to lay in a puddle trying to feel my spleen. I don't, I don't know, know why if... I puddle, but, but whatever. It felt relevant. I don't know if I uh, have mentioned this on the podcast before, but there's an incredible show out on Netflix that is called um... Feeling My Spleen <laughs> with The Rock. <laughs> and you just watch him lay there until... <laughs> He opens his eyes and goes, yep, that was my spleen. And that's it. That's all it is. Oh, my God. Every season is a different celebrity, but it takes like six episodes for them to feel their spleen. And you never get The Rock? (laughs) The Rock is in all the ads. He never comes into the show. He's in only the ads. He refuses to actually be. He doesn't want to be typecasted as a rock. He will not play a rock. (laughs) anyways continue great uh what show is i actually trying to plug the midnight gospel it's an animated show and it's oh. very heady it's oh. existential but if Kaylee, you want... i tried it i tried it and i couldn't oh my god I when he sticks you. his head in the vagina machine i was out you just sold two of our audience members just two of them that's it just two of them only two people love vagina machines oh my god um, that does a better explanation of like, if you're interested, if you like heady things, and if you want to learn how to feel your spleen, watch that and then try to meditate. Great. Please don't, because that's the most horrible advice and you shouldn't just jump into meditation without some sort of guidance. Despite the fact that I'm a little bit of a cynic, I just want to take a second to say thank you to Naranjan. It was lovely having you on. And that's what this is all about. Opening our minds up and staying open to these new opportunities. However, nope. Opening up and staying open. Why do I just keep saying open? It's one of those fucking buzzwords. Jesus Christ. Because you can't get away from it. The English language is limited. It's not, though. There are so many words for open. List three. (laughs) I don't even... (laughs) The whole point of this is about widening our perspectives and staying open to new points of view. And so I just want to take a second to thank Naranjan for sharing that with us. And I know I've been a little bit of a cynic, but hey... Everybody loves the devil's advocate. On a serious note, we do need to address the fact that at some point Naranjan mentioned that COVID was a gift. Well, yeah, speaking about language and not just buzzwords and how those can change over time. Maybe they work at one point and then later they become dull. Um, Language has an effect. And I have heard 
many people over the past couple of weeks, friends of mine who have spoken about COVID being a gift. And I understand what she's trying to say. It's a gift for the healthy. Let's not forget the fact that there are thousands, millions of people who are being seriously affected by this. Um, and so, yeah, you're probably listening to this being like, I already know that. But next time you hear someone say this is a gift and, oh, my God, I'm loving this time at home. Just remember that it comes at a cost. I also think that maybe it's not necessarily feeling like a gift for even healthy Maybe there are also people who might physically be healthy but are losing people or there are people who are at home and uh, don't know anybody who has been affected by the coronavirus but are really struggling with this time of isolation and don't feel like it is a gift at all. So while I think I understand where Naranjan's coming from in terms of being able to take time to pause from regular practices that may have become so routine that we're not really aware of how we are habitually living or how we were habitually living. Sure, I think it's an opportunity to pause and reevaluate ourselves. I think life always is an opportunity to look inward and evaluate ourselves. But yeah, I think that's a really good catch just to point out that, hey, we just want to acknowledge you guys who are not feeling like this is a gift. And it's not a vacation. It's not like, God, don't beat on yourself if you aren't finding light within or feeling like you're uncovering the depths of your soul. You're fucking okay. And that's okay. <laughs> you are totally okay being not okay. Yeah. If you want to jump in on this conversation at any point, please remember that you can send us voice notes at anchor.fm slash WTNOK slash messages. Um, and if I got that link wrong, it'll be in the description. So please shoot us an audio message. We would love to hear your thoughts on any slash all of this. I'll also pay you if you tell me that I'm a rainbow. You're a rainbow, Kaylee. I just venmo you money. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so rich. If you like this podcast, you can support it by subscribing to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also leave us a review. Which sincerely helps us. Which we love. Come hang out with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And send us your questions, recommendations, and cool things at we're totally not okay at gmail.com. Learn more about how you can lend your voice to this podcast and join us on an episode by looking at the link in our description. More information can be found at anchor.fm. Thanks for listening to We're Totally Not Okay. But that's okay. <laughs>